Well, the plan was that a week from tomorrow, we were going to hear a commitment from four-star quarterback Michael Hawkins. He was going to pick OU, and then that was that. OU was going to have their 2024 quarterback in the class, first commitment for 2024, and then everything else falls into place. Well, we found out this weekend it's not going to be that easy. In a uh, since-deleted tweet, Michael Hawkins Jr. over the weekend says that he is pushing back his commitment, and we now have quarterback drama on our hands in the 2024 class, or at least we seemingly do, oh, Parker boy. Thune. I don't know about quarterback drama. I'm just trying still, to create some quarterback drama. Just something here. I still believe that. Um, I still believe that Michael Hawkins is going to be the quarterback in this class for Oklahoma. That's a good but I, I, I will also say that this lingering Jeff Lebby Alabama rumor is. Uh, is it not helping? It's not helping. Huh. Well, I wish um, all these kids would just listen to uh, Locked In and uh, the rest of the various shows on the ref. We're, we're trying to tell everyone that he's not. Um, that he's not leaving. I, I'm sure that Nick Saban is making it very difficult. My get Nick Saban, I'm sure, is making it as difficult as possible for Jeff Levy to say, "Yeah, I'm sticking at OU," but I just, I, I feel like he's going to be the offensive coordinator at OU next year. But that's interesting that you tell me that that's that situation's making it a little bit more difficult. We just need to get everybody to listen to Locked In. Maybe that's that just be you know, Yeah, that's that's true. We should. <laughs> everybody should just blow up. Uh, the offer announcements these days with go listen to Locked In with Tyler McComas and Parker Thune. Well, maybe that's why uh, Saban isn't giving up on it anytime soon, Parker. He sees the negative effects it's having a, for OU in the 2024 class, and he's like, huh, this might be a pretty good idea. Let's just do that. Kidding, of course, but um, yeah, that, that makes qu- uh, quarterback uh, recruiting a little bit more difficult. It does, and it also makes you wonder, okay, now who's the first commit in the class? Because the answer is not as cut and dried anymore as we thought it would be. Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, the question now is, well, how far is Michael Hawkins pushing his decision back? I, I don't really know what details we have here, so let's just start with that. Like, what's your gut feel on the date was supposed to be January 31st. He's announcing he's pushing it back. What does pushing it back look like? I, I really don't know. I don't know how long it's going to be. I wouldn't anticipate it will be all that long because he's still the priority at the position for Oklahoma. He's going to be at junior day this weekend, and I fully expect that Oklahoma is going to make it very difficult for him to say no. Regardless of the timetable, I also think they're going to push Michael to commit as early as possible to get the ball rolling in 2024. So even if it doesn't happen next Tuesday, as we all anticipated that it would, I still don't feel like it'll be all that long before you have a QB in the fold in Michael Hawkins. It is interesting that he puts out on Twitter that he's you know going to announce at a later date, and then he goes back and he deletes that. And the original tweet read something like, I will be pushing my commitment back. This will be the biggest decision of my life, and I want to be it right. And I, and I want it to be right. And he's deleted it since then. Like there, There's just a whole lot of mystery surrounding this situation. Why put that out if you're just going to delete it later? And that I, I, I honestly have no idea. That might be the most confusing aspect of all of this. Why delete the tweet? Hey, maybe he's still planning on committing on the 31st. Maybe so. Who's That'd be a surprise, say? right? I, I tell you what, I was down there hanging with him and his dad Saturday afternoon at their 7-on-7 seven seven practice. That tweet didn't come more than a couple hours after I left. Oh, huh. I was very surprised by it. Needless to say. You never would have thought was, in the – like, if I would have texted you while you were sitting there, hey, is Michael Hawkins going to push his date back? You probably would have said, yeah, zero chance. Uh, yeah, based on 
the interactions that I had with them and the conversations I had while down there, there was no indication that the announcement was going to get pushed back for any reason. And then a couple of hours later, yeah, that's, there exactly, we go. that's exactly what happens, which is interesting. I uh, is it, it, it feels like for a while it's been OU in Arkansas. I wonder if any programs see this as an opportunity to try to get in on this recruitment. That TCU wouldn't surprise me. TCU is pushing. I know that for a fact. And they already have a quarterback committed in Marcus Tavila in the 2024 class. Uh, apparently, Kendall Browse doesn't care because he's pushing for Michael Hawkins and trying to get him on campus. And they're going to do everything they can to be the thorn in the side for Brent Venables and the OU staff here. Yeah. 405-651-3439 is the Air Coverage Solutions text line. Woo! You all have some opinions on Jeff Levy. If Jebby, Jeff Levy leaves at this point, I expect he would be given the mule shoe treatment. Uh, I don't I, think I don't anyone's ever going to get the mule shoe treatment. Like, yes, you would be upset and surprised and all that, but it, that those two situations are not are not similar, I don't think. Uh, let's see, David from Dell City, why doesn't Lebby come out and say he isn't going to Alabama? And we've had some other texts saying, well, why is Lebby, like, playing into the Like, we don't know what he's telling recruits. Like, my guess would be is that he's telling Michael Hawkins and some other 2024 kids, like, guys, I'm staying at OU. Like, I, I, I guess I just, like, is there really a need for Jeff Lebby to come out and say that he's not leaving when... No one around here thinks that he really is, and he's probably telling that to the recruits. I, I don't know. Oh, this text is <laughs> – this text is an adventure. OU does not want Hawkins. He's not that good. I don't know who's been watching his games. Read my previous post. This must be the same person that Uh-oh. told us all last winter that Jackson Arnold wasn't that good either. Uh, we had a few of those, sure. One guy was very vocal about it. Man. One guy was like, I've watched so many of Jackson Arnold's games. He's not a five-star. I don't know who's saying that or who believes that, but these people don't know what they're talking well, about. Why don't you tell us why you don't want Michael Hawkins or why you think that he is not a very good player? I am looking at your previous text, and you're just saying that he's not a big-game player. Okay, yeah, like, he, he, said, he said, Hawkins is not a big-game player. We watched every game Kyler played in high school. Hawkins is not even close. Please show me where anyone compared Michael Hawkins to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is like the greatest Kyler high Mur- school player in the state of Texas in the history. Like there, there's a legitimate <laughs> argument that Kyler Murray is not only the best high school football player in the state of Texas over the last yeah. decade, but the best high school player, period, in America over the last decade and perhaps longer. You didn't even compare uh, Jackson Arnold to uh, Kyler Murray. No, I will never compare anyone to Kyler Murray. Man. Kyler Murray is one of a kind. Chapstick says Jeff Levy has a say in this. He could just sign a new contract and make a public statement saying he's staying. Levy isn't helping himself with OU recruiting anyways. Uh, why doesn't Levy just come out and publicly say that he is staying at OU? Uh, there, there's a lot on the text line that wants, wants that to happen. A lot of uh, Lebby just needs to come out and say it. Come on. Somebody said, huh, so now Parker believes TCU could make a play at Hawkins. I thought he said TCU wasn't in play last week. LOL. Well, again, I was under the impression, as were many, that Kendall Bryles was going to honor Marcus Davila's commitment to TCU and not pursue another quarterback. That has since been proven false. Kendall Bryles is going to pursue Michael Hawkins at TCU. Again... I think Hawkins ends up at Oklahoma unless Oklahoma screws it up somehow. 
Oh, you will have to screw it up to not get Michael Hawkins. Did you watch him play Jackson Arnold? Yeah, I watched him play Jackson Arnold for one game during his junior season. Guys, what you do in one game against a Ditton Geyer team that was really good last year does not define one way or the other how great of a player you are at this level. Yes, uh, openly, anyone who watched that game came away way more impressed with Jackson Arnold than they did Michael Hawkins. But just because Michael Hawkins struggled against a defense that had at least, well, uh, against a team that had two five-stars, what, another four-star player on it. Like, Denton Geyer was really, really good last year. And Allen, that wasn't a banner team for them. Like, I recognize, I, I, I know what I saw that night, but it doesn't mean that he's like an overrated, crappy quarterback or anything based on that one Thursday night. And listen, apparently in some people's minds, Jackson Arnold was an overrated, crappy quarterback a year ago. Yeah, and geez. now he's the number 23 player in Rivals' updated rankings for the class of 2023, and somehow that's a disappointment. Somehow that seems way low, which just illustrates how high Arnold's stock has risen over the last year, and I'm not saying Hawkins is going to be a five-star. But if you're sitting here telling me that Michael Hawkins isn't deserving of being the quarterback that Oklahoma targets in the class of 2024, I beg to differ, and Lord knows Jeff Levy begs to differ. Oh, man. The text line is like, there's some Monday panic here going on. An overreaction Monday is what we have on our hands, Parker, from the 918. Levy doing exactly what David Hicks TBOW and Caleb Williams did to OU, using them to get paid. Uh, somebody else Come said, on, guys. Somebody else said it wasn't enough for Levy to hurt us on the field. Now he has to hurt us in recruiting, too. Man, I did not expect to run into this today. Maybe I should have expected it, but... Uh, apparently, apparently, Nick Saban persists in his efforts to get mediocre offensive coordinators to Alabama, Tyler. I just <laughs> this like does, does Jeff Levy suck at his job or is he really good? I legitimately can't tell. Yeah, well, the narratives are conflicting. Yeah, I I know we got a bad uh, we got a lot that he's bad OC. Uh, TCU I think tried to pursue it. Bama trying to pursue it. Georgia, uh, the Baltimore Ravens were a rumor. I I still think he's staying at OU next year. It would, I mean that's that's what I think is happening. This this uh, this dude says that is not Allen's best. Speaking of Hawkins as a quarterback. Yeah, Kyler Murray is Allen's best. Yeah, okay, I agree. Yes, yes. I'm going to go out on a limb there and say that Allen High School and Chad Morris, a man with an extensive coaching resume in his own right, is not starting a kid as a sophomore if he is not Allen's best. Gosh. Man, welcome to Monday. Opening segment. Michael Hawkins Jr., he stinks. He shouldn't be a take. And Jeff Levy's just using OU as leverage to get paid. Welcome to the work week, everyone. 405-651-3439. Text line, you know I love you. You know I love you. Uh, but dang, you are on one today. Hey. And I, I think you're overreacting to a few things today. Santa John has an interesting theory. He says, here's the deal. Jeff Levy has the same agent as Nick Saban. Jeff Levy received some just criticism for last year's performance. What better way to change the narrative than for Jimmy Sexton to leak slash spread the rumor that Jeff Levy is wanted elsewhere? This is the work of Jimmy Sexton. Man. Okay. Jimmy Sexton at it once again. Uh, the most well-known agent in all of college football, most likely. You guys are uh, just all, all over, right? I, like This is one of those days 
I want you to text as much as possible. There's no way we're going to get to all the texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. But as always, we will do our absolute best. Again, 405-651-3439. You guys are in a mood today. That's fine. We'll get through this hour. We'll try to talk you off the ledge that some of you are on right now regarding Jeff Lebby and Michael Hawkins, your 2024 quarterback. But we've got a lot of other things to get to as well. We'll do that on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the Homeless Sooner fans. The Ref Army tuning in nationwide today. League City, Texas. Cleveland, Ohio. Albany, New York. Alexandria, Virginia. Houston, Missouri. Not Houston, Texas. Houston, Missouri is tuned in. And our small town of the day... And I've never heard of this small town before, so you know it's uh, small if I've never heard of it. Watson, Oklahoma, which is like right by the Arkansas border, uh, northwest of Broken Bow Lake. It's almost about as far east Oklahoma as you can get. Never heard of Watson, Oklahoma. Nor have I. Uh, maybe someone was just driving through it, and that's where the app caught the location on. Maybe uh, it's someone that actually lives in Watson. I don't know, but thank you for tuning in today via our free app in the app store just search kref to listen to us wherever you're at on the go including watson oklahoma dang somebody on the text line says parker is too sensitive today send him out for ice cream and get connor back on the air hey i'll make that trade i'll go get ice cream um you can go out and get some muscacholi thanks to uh, doug from norman did he bring more yeah he he, he showed up to the uh pregame show on saturday and told me that he was going to bring some muscacholi, so that's what How I had for lunch. That? That's what I had for lunch today. It was really good. Second time what, that he's brought it in. Doug sends plenty of incendiary texts, but he also feeds us pasta. And you know so what? That's- he is the nicest guy in person. Like, no joke. Uh, he is <laughs> genuinely crazy, the like- nicest person. Like it, uh, he's he's uh, he's great. Because I guarantee, like. The vast majority of the people that listen to this show, just based on the texts <laughs> yeah. that we get from Doug, their their picture of Doug is just like this crotchety old guy no. who just texts from his recliner no. with a with a frown on his face. Like he came in and talked to me uh, during a break during the pregame show, and he walked out, and someone asked, "Like, hey, who was that? That's Doug from Norman. That was Doug from Norman." They had the same visual as uh, you had, just like some mean old man. Nope, not really. Mr. T says, do you guys really believe these texts are coming from OU fans? You're getting trolled. Yes, I do believe that they're coming from OU fans because whenever you text, it's like an iPhone conversation. (laughs) I can see every single text you've ever sent in. Yes, these texts are from OU fans. They're they're from OU fans. Uh, Somebody... (laughs) Somebody said, okay, so now Thune has started reverting to Chad Morris on recruits. The same Chad Morris who lost every single SEC game he coached in before getting canned. The same Chad Morris who got Malzahn fired at Auburn. Sounds about right. So apparently, Tyler, the only reason Michael Hawkins started at Allen as a sophomore is because Chad Morris, a guy that recruited and coached Deshaun Watson, has no idea what good quarterback play looks like. (laughs) Uh, yeah, and I'm not even going to say, Parker, that he used to be a head coach in the SEC because people say, God, he got no, fired yeah, yeah. He was, two years. To be fair, was not great in Fayetteville. It was a very ignominious tenure for him uh, in Fayetteville. From the 918, don't care. I feel the same about Doug as I do rivals. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, well, at least now we have final rankings updates from three of the four recruiting services. We're yeah. We're on 24-7 now. Yeah. Um, ESPN, 100, or ESPN 300, JFA, is the number three overall recruit. I in, will take that. In front of Arch Manning, by the way, this is the first rankings that we've seen at any time where Jackson Arnold is ranked in front of uh, Arch Manning, correct? I believe so. So yeah. as, as much so. crap as we give ESPN and their coverage of recruiting – um, they come out with their newest rankings today, and we're, uh, okay, yeah, I think ESPN got that one right. Yeah, they they had some other right. OU guys ranked pretty high. I think PJ was 20. P- yeah, PJ was 20. Caden uh, Green at 55. Jacoby Johnson at 48, 48. I Caden yeah. Green was at 55. Vickers was at 82, and uh, Peyton Bowen was at 17. So OU has one, two, three, four, five uh, signees in the top 50, and six in the top 55, according to ESPN. It's not bad. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, listener to the 918 says, can you explain how Arch is ranked above Nico Yamaleava? I can't explain how Arch is ranked above any of these elite quarterbacks in the 2023 class because, like, my big thing with Arch, and I've said this time and again, is we just don't know what kind of player he actually is because he's never put himself out there and been willing to compete against college-ready players players that have a future at the next level. All we know about him is that he's dominated two-way ball in Louisiana. If his last name wasn't Manning, yeah, we would look at what he's doing and say, okay, it's pretty pretty impressive. He's a pretty good prospect. I don't think anybody would have him in the national top five. Nico has put himself out there. He was just at the uh, – is it the Polynesian Bowl this past weekend? Is yes, that what he was at? Yes, I, think he, I think he he performed pretty well out there. I mean, but, Nico's proved that he's he's five. Star. He's got the most arm talent of anybody in the class. I think that's indisputable. Uh, somebody said, "Will PJ and Bowen be five star plus?" So five star plus for those unfamiliar, uh, that's basically a player that earns a five star ranking from each of the four major recruiting services. So on three, ESPN, twenty four seven, and Rivals all have to regard you as a five star. For you to get the five-star plus tag. Jackson Arnold is a five-star plus player. I would anticipate that P.J. Atabari will be as well. I would think so, too. I'm not so sure about Peyton Bowen. Yeah. Because you, 24-7 has him pretty low. Which is crazy. I, 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 I don't know why. Th- three months ago, four months ago, we would have said, all right, you get these top three players. Who's going to be the five-star pluses unanimous? I would have said Jackson Arnold and Peyton Bowen probably at the time. Uh-huh. But P.J. Adabare, he's done everything that he could to put himself in that situation. By the way, I guess Rivals has a new updated ranking, and they have Jackson Arnold at 23. Yep. It's pretty low. It is pretty low. Um, but... Again, it goes back to the conversation we were having last segment. Last year, apparently, it was stupid for Oklahoma to take Jackson Arnold via some of these same texters because he was overrated and not that good. And now he's ranked number 23 in the nation, according to Rivals, and we're all like, really? That low? Yeah. I'm almost under the impression that there's just going to be some that aren't happy with who they get in 2024 unless it's Dylan Riola. Because that's really the only other quarterback name that I think is really kind of a heavy hitter type of name, you know, like or a familiar name in 2024, Dylan Riola. Maybe that, maybe that's the only name that would keep people happy. I, 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 I don't know. But the whole Michael Hawkins uh, hate today is is interesting. And look, I, I will say this: I watched Mike throw for about an hour and a half on Saturday, and oh boy, talking about a kid that gets better and better. 
and better and better as the months and the weeks go by. I'm so much more impressed with Michael Hawkins from a technical and from a mechanical standpoint than I was a year ago. And I'm not saying he has the type of offseason rise that Jackson Arnold has, but that's a guy that I can foresee making some noise at the Elite 11 in June. Tyler, you was mowing down on a 405 burger, first time trying, and thought fries were really good. Thankfully, Sherry and John, if I remember correctly, at bar at the bar paid for my food. Uh, you were right about the burger at 405 Burger Bar. Yeah. Nice nice call. Uh-huh. Yeah, green chili burger played well. Yeah, I told you. And uh, old Ronnie Crimson uh, <laughs> on, on Twitter even came in uh, to 405 Burger Bar after we left and, and said it was pretty good as well. So, yeah, th- appreciate everyone. For Wait, you met Ronnie Crimson? There. No, he, he showed up, I guess, after oh. we left for the pregame show. Yeah. Would have been Man, nice to meet Twitter him. Twitter legend Ronnie Crimson. I know, I know. It's, uh, you know, it's because of him that Phil Pichotti is a Sooner. Really? Yeah. Did, did he do the uh, consecutive days I'm tweeting Yeah, he tweeted, Pichotti. I think, 97 straight days before <laughs> Phil Pichotti committed Isn't OU. he doing that with David Stone right yes, now, he is. I think? Come on, Ronnie. Get it done, man. Uh, somebody said on the text line here, give me Mike Hawkins all day, every day. Uh, another says, you don't want a guy who's just going to leave, give me Hawkins who wants to be at OU, than some five-star who won't be happy with Arnold around. And, yeah, I, I, I think that goes somewhat under the radar in this conversation about Michael Hawkins and Oklahoma standing with him, is that Mike Hawkins has never blinked at the presence of Jackson Arnold. Most top ten quarterbacks in a given class – would be more inclined to go somewhere where they don't have somebody that immediately outranks them on the depth chart. For Mike Hawkins and his family, they've always just been like, okay, whatever, sure, we'll come in behind Jackson Arnold. That's no worries. Yeah. Because I think there's the understanding, too, that even if by year two Mike Hawkins is the backup behind Jackson Arnold, which I, I expect at this point, I think he sits two years behind JFA, but even if he's not playing by year two, he's going to be getting some packaged action. He's going to be getting some packaged snaps because the athleticism and the running ability is going to give a dimension to the offense when he's in the game, something similar to what uh, Muleshoe did with Caleb Williams in 2021 at the beginning before Caleb Williams took over, as you'll recall. They'd bring him in there on certain packages, short yardage situations. They'd have him throw every now and again. But – I think that could be the role that Mike Hawkins fills within the first couple of years that he's in Norman. Um, didn't they try that out the first time at Kansas State and it went horribly wrong right, right around oh, the Oh, yeah, he line. fumbled a snap. <laughs> yeah, he dropped a snap. Uh, and then the next week he had the performance of a lifetime against Texas. 319 area code. Why are we talking so much about Michael Hawkins today? Did he commit or something today? We're talking so much about him because apparently he sucks. Well, Apparently the breaking news on this Monday is that Michael Hawkins sucks. Yeah, That's why it's turned into so much today. But we initially talked about him because he was supposed to commit a week from tomorrow, and he announced over the weekend that he's pushing his commitment back. So that's that's how we got on that conversation today. Uh, James Skolski is joining the OU staff. Yeah. Cowboy collar at Clemson. I like that, huh? Linebacker, cowboy collar <laughs> cowboy at Clemson. Cow- Let's man, go. Somebody, uh, Bring my it favorite. Back. So I, I reported that I think about an hour and a half before he posted last night 
that Skalski was going to be joining the Oklahoma staff. And somebody immediately responded and said, that dude was a walking targeting at Clemson. Glad he's joining the good guys. Did he Did he get um, targeting calls in like two semifinal games yes. in his career? Well, he got one in the national championship against LSU. And he got and thrown out against uh, Ohio State. Yeah, he, he hammered Justin Fields in the, in the open field. Yeah, I remember that hit. Woo boy. Um, so he is he a GA? He is going to be a defensive GA. Yes, okay. that is the plan. And correct me if I'm wrong on this one. Did they pass a rule a couple of months ago where, you know, those guys that were in off-the-field roles couldn't really be hands-on at practice? Now, there was a thought that that was kind of going on anyway in college football. Which it is and was. And they passed the rule now where those off-the-field guys can be at practice and coaching, yes, correct? correct. So James Skalski can be out on the field and in coaching next season. So. Yes, and it made sense for them to pass that rule because, again, it was virtually unenforceable in the first place. Yeah. Exactly. Right, guys, off-field guys were going to be at practice coaching, and it was just something that happened. I didn't realize his dad played at OU. His, I did his not late, either. His late father, I should say, played at OU in the 80s. I didn't know he had an OU connection at all. I have no idea. Or I, had, I had no idea until, I guess, this morning when all that stuff started to come out about it and kind of hit the public eye uh, across the Twitterverse that – Skalski was joining staff. Yeah, I, I, I did not realize that his dad played for Barry Switzer at OU, but that's a fun little connection, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is a fun connection. And they're getting quite the uh, coaching pipeline out there at Clemson, aren't they? Y- you were wondering how much that was going to continue after you know the first year, but former players, like, I, I, I'm going to guess that we, we see um, a Clemson-like trickle-down, if that's even the right way to say it. But you, you'll see some Clemson ties continue to be in the program moving forward, I uh, would imagine. Greg from Lawton on the text line says, Guys, got to tell you how impressed I am that in such a short period of time, Locked In has attracted so many recruiting analysts. <laughs> Truly amazing, guys. Yes. They've been breaking down the film this weekend of uh, Michael Hawkins Jr. Stutzman and Canick would look fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji with cowboy collars. Yeah, does, does, do any linebackers wear cowboy collars anymore? Because it is. No, not really. I think Teddy he, used to wear a cowboy he, he collar did. back in the yeah, day. Yeah, he did. But they've kind of gone by the wayside. I guess some long snappers wear them. Some tight ends wear them. I almost feel like with the targeting rules now in college football, Parker, you don't get the benefit of the doubts on a 50-50 call if you're wearing a cowboy collar. You just automatically look more intimidating at, at hard hit. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 cowboy collar. That's targeting yeah. for sure. Uh, and as far as the packaged use of Michael Hawkins alongside Jackson Arnold, Brian in Tulsa says, uh, so wouldn't that be kind of like a Baker and Kyler package? And then he added in all caps, not comparing anything at all. Yeah, thanks, Brian in Tulsa, because apparently uh, apparently people are trying to draw parallels between Kyler Murray and Michael Hawkins. That's <laughs> news to me as much as anyone. <sighs> thanks for the disclaimer, because apparently on this show when I say, Michael Hawkins is going to be really good and really highly regarded by the end of the cycle as a quarterback, people hear, Michael Hawkins is going to be the next Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it works. What a Monday it has been. Love you, text line. Love you, Ref Army. 405-651-3439. Oh, you got some PWOs over the weekend. We'll tell you about them coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans, and we've brought this up many times before, but we like the direction OU has taken with preferred walk-ons. We saw it last year with Gavin Freeman, and they're going to continue to really push their walk-on program. 
Kale Fugates uh, commits to OU with a preferred walk-on offer over the weekend. Five foot eleven, one hundred eighty-five pounds. I think he's going to play DB at OU. Mm-hmm. Um, had an offer from Air Force, so so a really good high school football player for Bixby. And you get him on a preferred walk-on deal, like not expected to contribute next year, maybe not even expected to contribute in the next two or year, two years or so. But you get him in the weight room, you see what happens. He's a really good athlete, and maybe at the end, Parker. You have something with the kid like Kale Fugate, who had a ton of success in 6A1 this past well, year. Well, and this accomplishes two things, right? It continues to solidify the relationships with coaches and programs within state lines, which are going to pay off when you end up with a kid like Gentry Williams or David Stone or, plug your ears, Dax Hill. Mm at one of these premier in-state institutions that's an elite talent that's wanted everywhere, you stand a much better chance of keeping a kid home in that context if you have these relationships that are pre-existing and you've treated kids well that have come from these programs to your institution in the past. So on the one hand, I think that is a desirable end for Oklahoma in all this. But secondly, man, these are guys that have FBS interest elsewhere. These are guys that could go play scholarship football at the Division I level somewhere else. You mentioned both Fugate and Jacob Snyder had offers from the service institutions. Andrew Heinig, who committed Oklahoma over the weekend as defensive lineman, was previously committed to BYU. Man, these are guys that can play ball. These are not scrubs. And you do have to be selective with your PWO takes because you don't want to crowd your roster necessarily. But if you're confident that some of these guys can be contributors down the line, it makes sense to take a flyer on them because you really only need to hit on one or two a year to feel really, really good sure. about what you're doing in the PWO ranks. You know, one thing about Kale Fugate, too, um, some of you may not know a whole lot about him unless you followed high school football this year. And without knowing every single stat from every single Oklahoma high school football game this year, I think I could make a pretty compelling argument that Cale Fugate had the best single half of football than anyone else <laughs> in the state of Oklahoma had this year. Because in a game against Moore High School, Cale Fugate had four interceptions in the first half and returned two of those for touchdowns. Returned three of them for touchdowns. Was I, it th- I, I yeah. think he had three total touchdowns, maybe two returned for touchdowns. Either okay. way, he had four interceptions. And uh, it, it was just a it was a crazy crazy first half against Moore this year, so I'll put Kale Fugate's first half against Moore against any other half that any other player in Oklahoma high school football had this year. So you're you're getting a football player here. He's not six three long and rangy. He's five eleven one eighty five, and he's got some work to do in the off season for sure. But. Like you said, maybe it turns into something, but you're just trying to strengthen those relationships in the 918 and other areas across sure. the state. And those too. are the types of kids that it makes sense to take as PWOs, guys that maybe aren't super physically tantalizing six foot five, two hundred and twenty-five pound prospects, but regardless of how big they are or aren't, all they've done is produce. And that's what these guys have done at Bixby and Glenpool and elsewhere when you look at OU's PWO class. Uh, anything else coming? Preferred walk-on wise, I don't think so. Uh, not off the top of my you head. You had his teammate were... back in December who committed, and I, I guess reaffirmed his commitment over yeah, the weekend. And there, there will likely be other guys. I think a Drew Bat, another in-state offensive lineman, was on a visit this weekend. Uh, so maybe you pick up a commitment from him. I think he's from Turpin, Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken. One of those small towns. Uh, I may that may not be correct. 
I for the life of me, I can't remember offhand, but he's a guy who's six foot eight and two hundred seventy five pounds or something like that. So you keep bringing in these athletes in state, especially from some of those small towns uh, that have really developed a reputation for uh, winning and putting themselves in championship contention year in and year out. I think of a place like Wagner, Oklahoma. Sure. Oklahoma's already offered a 2025 kid, Alexander Shield Knight, from Wagner. So uh, in-state relationships are part of what your program is built on at a place like Oklahoma. It's what part of your program has to be built on because when you think about the Oklahoma championship teams of old, most recently 2000, there was a very strong Oklahoma presence when you're talking about the state and the players that it produced on the prep circuit. Hate to say it, says the text line, but if I had the chance to go to West Point or the Naval Academy, I got to take that. Well, why, why do you hate to say that? Uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with going to Army or Navy to play football. You're playing in a standalone game the uh, second weekend of December. No, nah, there's, there's nothing wrong with saying that. Nothing wrong with saying that at all. I, I can't wait for the OU isn't respecting the troops because they're flipping their commits take on the text line. Oh, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Ask and you shall receive. I give it uh, <laughs> t- a, a minute and a half until that uh, take comes Oh, you isn't even offering scholarships to these kids and they're actively discouraging them from taking scholarship <laughs> opportunities at service institutions. Uh, I love taking football guys as PWOs says someone in the 918 only going to help whatever room that they are in. Well, so far that's worked out well. I don't think Fugate's a three-star like Gavin Freeman was last year, but it didn't take us long to see that that's, you know, that that approach is paid off. Andrew Heinig's a three-star. So that's yeah. a nationally ranked guy uh, in the 24-7 sports composite that you get with a preferred walk-on spot. Uh, sorry to join late, but have you talked about Taylor Heim, 2023 kid you from know Bethany? No, we haven't. He uh, got an offer uh, Friday, I he think, is when, it, when he got an offer. And it's a scholarship offer. Now, again, that has reopened the Malachi Coleman wound because people want to know, how do we have room for this kid as a pure athlete, but we didn't have room for Malachi Coleman as a pure athlete. I look, that's a much deeper and more nuanced conversation than I want to get into with the 15 minutes we have remaining on the show. But uh, Taylor Heim is a guy that was a late riser out of Bethany, about six foot four, 190 pounds. He's going to need to bulk up. He's going to need to add weight, but he's athletic. He was productive, played a multitude of positions at Bethany, was a guy that came onto the radar late for many group of five schools, has taken official visits to, let me think here, Ohio. Louisiana Tech, Air Force, and Tulsa. He has one official visit left uh, if he wants to take it. I don't know whether OU will be able to give him an official visit based on the numbers of official visits that they have already used. Uh, But, yeah, Oklahoma is his only Power 5 offer as of right now. Uh, You would figure that the Sooners are going to be in a really good position to add him to the class. I would think so. Yeah, looking at the other offers he has. Uh, Other news, uh, OK Preps-wise, Danny Okoye, who's – Really, really good. Sounds like he's going to take a Colorado visit on January 28th. Are people freaking out about uh, OU's chances with Danny Okoye? They shouldn't be because, at least if you've been listening to this show, my hopes have never been particularly high as far as Danny Okoye and Oklahoma are concerned. And if you've been paying attention to the kid's recruitment, to my knowledge, he still has not visited Oklahoma. Now, his parents have allegiance to Oklahoma State, as I understand it, and he seems like a kid that's going to want to get out of state. 
So, to be honest, this might be the first blue-chip prospect in the history of the state of Oklahoma that manages to go his entire recruitment <laughs> without even visiting campus. Well, Boulder's got, I mean, they're, they're getting some visitors, man. Danny Okoye is going to be out there at the uh, end of the month. Nicholas Harbor is not in Boulder, but like, there's a the thought that maybe Colorado can get in on this thing it's late. Because he posted on his Instagram story that he was in Boulder. Yeah. I just, and then everybody was like... Everybody had to circle back around and confirm that no, he's not actually on a visit. Dion's getting visits, and he's able to get players so far. Like, imagine that. Imagine having to cover that recruitment. No a way. A kid posts that he's in Boulder. Come to find out, he's nowhere near Boulder. Yeah, no thanks. I'm I'm, I'm not in on that one. No thank Ugh. you. Uh, asking you shall receive. By the way, Kitty from the four hundred five says, "Why does OU hate America?" There it is. <laughs> That's exactly what you're looking for. All right, one final segment of Locked In coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. Final segment, locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. LaDonna from Lubbock says, just to remind you guys, LaDonna from Lubbock loves listening. You guys almost always make my day. Well, LaDonna, you always make my day when you text in because 90% of your texts are, Lubbock sucks, I don't want to play Texas Tech again. And I, lo- I love that LaDonna from Lubbock routinely hammers the city of Lubbock. I, I think that that's fantastic. And, in fact, on Friday, I asked the text line, like, all right, there's going to be four teams in the Big 12 that you don't play next year. Who do you not want to play? And I believe she texted in, like, I don't want to play Texas Tech in Lubbock. Just never again. No thank you. Should don't start up it. a LaDonna relocation fund. <laughs> yeah. Get her out of Lubbock. Uh, is Danny Okoye any relation to Christian Okoye? This text says, Okoye, any relation to Christian Okoye? Not to my knowledge. It's a pretty common surname. So would, would be awesome, though. I, I don't believe there's any Jeans would there. be uh, very strong uh-huh. if, uh, if that were the case. No doubt. Uh, do you have a LinkedIn page by chance? I do, yes. I um, never pay any attention to it. Well, but. maybe we should uh, friend Arch Manning on there because <laughs> apparently he has one. Arch, via his uh, LinkedIn page, I guess, said, Observation from my first two weeks at the 48. Wait, wait, hold up. Is that screenshot real? I, it looks real to me. Um, I'll, I'll go back and double check. I thought it was fake. Is it like, fake? I, it I looks don't like know. a real LinkedIn page. But we need to, okay, I'm, we're going to search it up. We're going to see if Arch Manning is actually on LinkedIn. <laughs> Arch, Every, Everyone wants to help you Manning, out even when you misplace your student LinkedIn. ID. Maybe he deleted it because there was so much attention uh, with his LinkedIn page this weekend. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Arch Manning announced on Instagram that he doesn't have a LinkedIn Oh, account. too bad. Yeah, there we go. Too bad. There was no way. Uh, I didn't think so. But, you know, with that family, I guess – being on LinkedIn at 18, 19 years old would have, wouldn't have been the most surprising yeah, what do you, thing What do you ever. need LinkedIn for as a five-star uh, recruit? I have one. I never, I'm like you, man. I, I, I never check it. Yeah. I don't really know the, really the benefit of it. Ra Ra Thomas, a wide receiver we talked about at one point uh-huh. uh, for an ad at wide receiver via the portal. He's at Georgia, and he got arrested. Not a cultural fit, you might say. Um, So far, that would definitely seem to be the case. And Georgia was... Very excited about that ad, and and I'm sure that he's still going to find his way on the field next year is sure. what I would guess, but they were very excited about getting Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi State. Yeah, well, and Oklahoma ends up with Andrell Anthony, who's going to be a contributor at wideout. I, at this point, I wonder what the timetable is on adding another guy. It seems interesting to me that Oklahoma has now prioritized linebacker, seemingly, yeah. over the last week or so, over wide receiver. The offer to Taylor Heim... 
They hosted Nick Jackson, the Virginia transfer, on a visit, which, by the way, if he ends up a Sooner, that is big because that dude has done some things at Virginia on the football field. You look at it, upwards of 100 tackles in each of the last three seasons for that cat. Yeah, that's a nice little uh, resume. It's uh, Is it more impressive than Rondell Bothroyd and what he was able to do at Wake? Pretty similar there, the track eh, record? I mean, I don't know. I, I think Nick Jackson is about the best-case scenario when you're talking about potential linebacker additions at this point in the portal cycle for Oklahoma. i tell you who's uh, putting together a nice little staff is the University of Tulsa. They add uh, Ryan Switzer as their wide receivers coach. And really? Yes. Ryan Switzer. Sounds like, yep, yeah, um, played in the NFL, played yeah. at uh, North Carolina. Did he play at North Carolina? North Carolina, Yeah, yep. wide receiver. Um, I, I guess Kevin Wilson thinks that he could be a Brian Hartline 2.0 type of uh, wide receiver oh, coach. That, that's, that's the that, case. Then. That's high praise. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Because Brian Hartline, Brian Hartline is a what best wide receivers coach in college Probably football. Probably so. And uh, I think he's the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. He is going now. next year, right? Yeah. Uh, Blake Corum will make over a million dollars this next season in NIL. He returns to Michigan. Probably would have been a Heisman finalist um, if he didn't get hurt late in the year. Really, really good running back for the Michigan Wolverines. Do you think running backs can still win the Heisman in today's day and age? Oh, yeah, sure, but you got to be Derrick Henry. You've got to be like that type of player to where it's no doubt you're just without question the best player in all of college football. But obviously it's going to be really difficult moving forward. Yeah, I, I'm kind of of the opposite mind. I think this has become a quarterback's award. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, we'll it see. obviously always has been for a while yeah, now. Yeah, outside of a legendary, like a generationally legendary season from a running back uh, here and there over the years, I think it's going to become an award that goes to the best quarterback in America. Any update on the Jaden Rashada drama? No. Still going to take mean, his he, visits? He visited Arizona State. There's been some buzz for Washington, for Cal. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm kind of checked out on it. This well, point. you too should, much drama. Yeah, there's there's not like I, it's an interesting thing to watch from the sidelines, but it doesn't affect OU all that much. No. Rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.